the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering, folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Left-hand side, click Listen Live. Folks, joining us right now from the Boston Globe, he covers Rhode Island extensively. He is, in fact, uh, Dan McGowan. And, Dan, I want to start off um, your story. Is the province turnaround takes shape. Charter school expansion is in the picture. Uh, this, is, uh, this is big. This is different. A lot of moving parts here. I think over the next couple of weeks leading right up to, uh, quote, the beginning of school, uh, this is going to be a really interesting time to watch what happens. Oh, I think you're, you're exactly right about this, John. I mean, it, as you and I have talked about in recent weeks, you know, I think the, the plan that the education commissioner and the superintendent came out with just a couple of weeks ago was uh, a little bit underwhelming to a lot of people. There wasn't a lot of direction for, you know, here's what this is going to look like. And you know, I've been really pressing both state officials and, and also, you know, a lot of community members to say, like, what is what's going on here? And, um, you know, I've always known that there is at least an appetite for some level of charter school expansion. But, you know, I was able to in the last couple of days really start to flesh that out a little bit. And uh, it, it does uh, appear as though the, the state uh, is expecting to see several new charter school um, applications, including some really interesting concepts, not to get in the weeds on it, but there's a, a middle school, uh, you know, a, a guy who, who's been around here in, in, in Rhode Island for a couple of years who wants to open a middle school that would go uh, 224 days of school. That's 44 more days than your traditional public school. Most schools have a, you know, 180 day uh, 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 school year uh, and would also have in Providence a, a 7.30 a.m. till 4 p.m. Uh, wow. st- uh, uh, you know, time of the day. And you think about the extra amount of time that students potentially would be in school there. Uh, that's really significant. So you see that you're seeing a, a couple of uh, the achievement first, which is, of course, a great story out of Providence. that's done, you know, uh, with, with the schools that it does have has done a really great job. Uh, they're in the picture. They want to expand. So there's a there there see, appears to be some level of growing momentum to see more expansion. Now the big question that I assume you're going to ask is what do the unions think of it? And I think that's where the you know rubber hits the road. Where that that's where we could see some conflict because every time you have a conversation about more charter schools expanding, you know it's not like there's a total new influx of kids. Right? Kids are going to go from the traditional district to a charter school. 
And that's where usually the, the unions, uh, you know, come in with at least some level of opposition. What can you tell us about this Toby Shepard? So he's a uh, Harvard, uh, Harvard, uh, not Harvard Law, Harvard Ed School, uh, got his master's there, worked for Mayor Tavares uh, with, as like an education advisor uh, mm. back a couple of years ago, and then shifted over to, uh, has in most recent years been leading the Noel Leadership Academy, which is this uh, interesting school that, that is, uh, it caters to young parents. So predominantly women who, who have had children, you know, teenagers who have had children, but some, some males too. Um, and as you can imagine, that's an incredibly difficult population. Uh, and, you know, he was doing that for a couple of years, handed off the leadership role uh, just recently, just pe- decided to step away to launch this charter school. Uh, and, and he'll be the, he'll be the middle school leader, this guy, Toby Shepard. Uh, it won't open this year. Uh, they'll have to go through an application process just like everybody else. But the idea is it would open next school year. So, you know, push off a year, but you would have potentially this new option for middle schools. And remember, John, middle school is where the, there are lots of problems with the Providence School District, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, but middle school is where you have a, a, a deep problems because traditionally you go from a relatively small setting in an elementary school, and they vary in quality as well. But the middle schools are where none of them are, are, are performing particularly well. I mean, you look at some of the test scores, we're talking more than 80% of kids at every school, every middle school in the city, uh, you know, not, not performing in math at grade level, most of them not reading at grade level. And so, uh, you know, middle school is what everybody kind of wants to, it's the nut to crack. And it's very difficult, but this potentially is at least one option. Now, Dan McGowan, uh, yesterday was a significant day. President Trump had the press conference. He announced he wants all schools back in the fall. And Remy Weingarten posted on Twitter that unless uh, school staffs are doubled and more space, that basically the teachers are not going back. Now, they're saying because unless it can be done safely. But I'm going to stick with what I said well, we're in July, back in June, which is, I, I do not see the uh, AFT, Randy Weingart, that's, that's Providence. They don't have a contract. Um, I'm not sure what you've heard what's going on behind the scenes. I, I'm going to stick with my prediction. I, I don't think they're not, they are not going back. Well, I'll say this to you. I wouldn't bet with you on this because I think you're, you, you have a very good point. I don't know for sure anything, but it, this is not one that I would say, yeah, John, let's, uh, you know, we'll go to dinner. I'll say they're going to open. You say they're, they're not going to, because that's how tense of a situation this is. Um, and especially, I mean, here's the thing. If it's only on the local level, if you're, if you don't have any of the national, you know, players in the mix on this, you could see a scenario where just like going to remote, you know, distance learning, the governor, the, sta- the governor's staff sits around with the, the, the union leadership of the NEA and the, in the American Federation of Teachers and says, hey, you know, w- w- cut, us, cut us a break here. You know, we'll guarantee that we won't fire anybody. Wh- whatever the, the deal is, let's get back to school. But when you have the national pressure, it, it really does in some ways handcuff the local teachers because what happens if, if you know, Randy Weingarten says, I don't want my members going back to school. The Providence teachers say, we want to go back to school. Well, the story from the Boston Globe is the, the local union is, is disagreeing with the national union. They don't right. like to have that happen, right? And so, uh, you know, if it's coming from the top, I think it, it is, I think it's, it's hard to envision uh, going back to school, at least in the way you and I think about going back to school. Now, there, there's lots of, you know, flexibility in there. There's lots of ways you can you know, the, the teachers can claim a win while also, you know, still ending up in classrooms. Maybe you do a little bit of, you know, half and half, half distance, half in class. But I think you're right. I mean, it, it would be a, it would be a reasonable bet to make for you to say, I don't think that that school will look particularly normal uh, heading into August uh, 31st. Well, they don't have a contract and it's it's an it's an out. It's a reasonable out to just keep saying we don't feel safe and no matter what plan Whatever they can come up with, the, even if it centers around money, which it always does, they'll just say, we just don't feel safe with it. And I, I don't see the benefit. I don't see the benefit with the, the, uh, the teachers, um, the union. They, first of all, they don't want to go back before, before Labor Day. They won't have a deal. And, and now they have an out. 
that, yep. uh, that they'll just keep saying that it's not safe. And, and it's and the, the fact one... that go ahead. I'm sorry, John. It's the one thing you, you, you nailed this. I mean, you're, you're, you're leading into this. It is the one issue that I think parents will uh, be at least split on, if not be willing to get behind, you know, that's it, right. It, they will say, look, you know, I'm not so sure about if, if I would want to be in a classroom, if I was the teacher, I'm not so sure I want my kids back in a classroom. That's right. If the teachers are saying it's not safe, then, you know, how, how are we supposed to believe anybody? It's the one thing it, it, it really is. I mean, I hate to say, cause th- there's, there's lives at stake and all that stuff, but this is the one of the great political bargaining chips you could ever have. You it know? really is. Yes. And it's and you just continue to keep saying, you know, it's like the whole thing of negotiating one on one. You just keep smiling and saying, no, they're going to just keep saying it. We don't feel it's safe. We don't feel it's safe. And I'll go back to Dan McGowan. You've said that uh, when they get a new deal and they get a new contract, you don't get the pictures about the ceiling tile falling and the broken chairs and everything else. It's when they they don't have the deal that then these right. pictures come out of the drawer and everything else one last uh, question before we move on how how are you finding the uh, the new superintendent you know i think he's a um I, I think he's really you know first of all he's thrown right into the the fire with covid so um i i think he's a smart guy who um he's got the right he, you know you haven't seen as much of him as you've seen commissioner infante green but he's got the same uh sort of tone uh in sort of demeanor which is you know, he, he's willing to say the things that are uncomfortable. He's willing to go in front of parents and, and groups and say, look, schools are not cutting it. We have to change. Um, you know, so all the credit that Commissioner Infante Green got last summer, um, I think that you would see the Superintendent Peters getting that same level of credit this year, if not for just such unusual circumstances. The thing is, though, is you know, they're, they're just honestly, as a reporter and as someone who, who's paid such close attention to this over the years, you do start to find yourself questioning, okay, we, we get it. You, you know, you, you're committed, you're a change agent, all that. But what does it all look like? Tell us what, what you're actually going to do. And we, we still are short on details. And I, I think the truth is they're really, I think they don't want to negotiate through the press with the teachers. I think they you know, they don't want to appear as though they're with the charter schools, for example, you know, so supportive of charter schools that, you know, they lose some power when it comes or credibility when it comes to negotiating with the teachers. union. So I, I get sort of the behind the scenes, uh, you know, maneuvering that has to happen. But, you know, again, if you're if you're a parent out there and you're looking at this and you're not seeing much change, um, I think you have a right to maybe start to question, uh, you know, what these guys are doing. Because you hear great rhetoric, but you don't necessarily see it all being backed up um, in practice. I also want to just say this about the situation with the Providence schools that don't have a contract. What what I don't think some people understand is this goes to a much higher level. Uh, Someone like Randy Weingarten, American Federation of Teachers leader, who, by the way, who you were the one that broke the story. She had quite the back and forth with the commissioner in the text. But the fact that the president said, I want these everybody back in school, we want everyone back in school. Well, they sit back and Weingarten, she sees all this money going to all these different projects. So immediately they say, well, we want our cut. So they want a lot of money and they want more money pumped into schools. And you can't say you don't have the money because they're watching billions of dollars going to all these different causes and stimulus checks. Absolutely. Providence cannot buck her. They're going to follow the lead. This is their way to say, we want our piece of the pie. We want some of that federal money. And all you keep saying is, we don't feel safe. We don't feel safe. So I know the governor wants them to go back. I know the new superintendent does. I know the education commissioner does. The fact of the matter is, this is not a collabo decision. This that, is being done at the top. That's exact. I mean, it's exactly right, John. The, the thing is, is you can't, you can even, I mean, it could literally be that the Providence teachers really, really want to go back to school. I'm not saying they do, but let's pretend. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter <laughs> whatsoever. That's None. What. No. And you're not even negotiating with the, um, with the real decision maker. Folks, coming up, we are going to talk. That was uh, big with Brown University as well, and a lot more with Dan McGowan from the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. 
Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401 401- 710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said, Ryan's appliance repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer Excuse me, within five minutes. And then, I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's appliance repair at 401-710-7096, and then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, yesterday was a, a big day. Now, obviously, as we're getting uh, closer, well, at least we're in July, regarding uh, some of the colleges and universities. And Brown University, Christina Paxson, she had that uh, great piece in the New York Times saying schools must return in the fall. Um, and Brown University, as the Boston Globe has a story there, Boy, they're really looking to do things differently, and they're going to move into trimesters. Yeah, this is a significant development. Um, uh, you know, you see in other, even Ivy League peers, uh, for example, Harvard is, is going to, you know, bring back about 40% of undergraduates. Uh, but Christina Paxson, you know, for all the, for, for all of what, you know, I think the average, sort of the reputation the average person thinks about Brown University, think liberal and and, you know, kind of go as you please. I mean, Christina Paxson has been, the president of Brown has been uh, very clear, first with that New York Times uh, op-ed, and she has not backed down. She has taken, I swear, every media hit possible uh, following, you know, that op-ed to say, no, you have, you know, Americans in this country has no idea what it will mean if you don't have, you know, colleges reopening. It's not about the you know, the, the education of our children, of course, that's a factor. It's about the money and the, uh, you know, the idea that potentially you would see, you know, hundreds of, of you know, smaller colleges potentially close without that new tuition revenue coming in. And so 
uh, Brown is taking approach of going with this, this idea of three semester or, or trimesters, uh, fall, spring, summer. And, you know, it's one, I, I was texting with some folks in the, uh, in the city uh, about this. And it's actually great news to the city because, you know, for all the, the nice parts of Providence, uh, the summer tends to be dead because you don't have students on campus. I think there are folks in the city who are very uh, happy with this idea of brown students coming back and potentially you're, you have them for actually a longer period of time, you know, yep. fewer of them, but, but, but a longer period of time. I, I think that, that folks in the city like this idea. The big question now, John, and I think we're going to get this announcement sometime today is what is the Ivy league going to do with, with uh, fall sports and be, and the reason why that's so important is you're, you're going to see, let, let's, you know, hypothetically say that the, that they're not going to do, they cancel football for the fall. Well, now all the pressure goes on to the, you know, the major division one conferences. Uh, you know, why, why is Harvard not playing football and why is, you know, Alabama playing? Uh, and so that's another thing to keep an eye on today. You know, something else, this, you're exactly right. And folks, this is so significant the way that, um, that uh, Brown is now structuring this with the trimesters with, you know, the, um, the first, first one starts like the fall term starts September 9th in the fall, but then the spring term starts January 20th, but the summer term starting May 12th, you know, Dan McGowan, the, 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 the universities, they, they have the ability to function year round. They should function year round. They could function year round. And now wisely good they're going to, but what's also significant about this is the number of students you think about at Brown university. That's it. You get 2000. They get into the freshman class. Well, with remote learning, Suddenly, what if, you know, you could get a degree from Brown and the freshman class could be 5,000 students or could be 10,000 students? You're you're going to fundamentally see higher education because that Brown degree, which is valuable, is going to start to squeeze out some of these smaller colleges and universities that basically they exist because they take a lot of fall off from the from the Ivy Leagues. That's right. I mean, what what are you 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 have children? I mean, what do you what, yes. when, when your kids are are planning on on you know applying to college? You you have your reach school, you have your yes. safety school, you have your you know okay, these are the couple that I want to get into. And I think you're you're exactly right. It's kind of the dirty little secret here is you know a lot of these let's say second tier colleges they're great colleges, but they're they they totally rely on the kind of elite level. Um, and the, the low acceptance rates from the Ivies so that you can trickle down and have, you know, a great student attend, you know, any small liberal arts college, you name it. Um, and now you're right. If you suddenly have a scenario where, by the way, the, I, I'm one who believes there's no way that the demand for the Ivies, maybe the other schools goes down, but if you can get that degree from Brown or Harvard uh. or Yale, you're going to take it. And if they open the doors a little bit, uh, and, you know, the argument isn't that they would say every year we wait list and we, we don't accept, you know, thousands of kids who, who would be, you know, excellent students at our universities. But the size of our school matters. But now you're right. If you could do a little bit more online, if you could spread it out, uh, you know, it, it, I think you're right. And I think it does. It just hurts some of these smaller schools. And I think you're going to say, I mean, Rhode Island's been lucky. We haven't had the same level of uh, trouble in, as, as Massachusetts. Folks, we're speaking with uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, well, you could easily see a scenario where uh, where these schools would would you know face real financial turmoil if they start to lose a bunch of students, and and that could easily happen. I think they're wise, and um, I think it's interesting that Paxson uh, at Brown University is is kind of leading leading this Harvard's going a little bit of a different direction where they're only going to have 40% on campus and, and, and it's all going to be online. So you get to live in the dorm at Harvard, but you don't even have to go to class. I think this is different with Brown going to the trimesters. They're going to be pumping out 12 months a year. And Dan McGowan, I, I also can't stress enough. You're exactly right. Um, when you have the college students around, a lot of the schools could start to follow that model. That really helps providence because as someone that's been spending a lot of time downtown it is so deserted without the college students i welcome to see the kids with jmw walking with a backpack or some of the kids from brown or RISD. 
Well, yeah, you, you know better than anybody because you, oh. I, I see you everywhere right now. And, and <laughs> you're exactly right. I mean, when you're downtown, my, our office is downtown. I've been back in there a lot. Yeah. You walk around, uh, you do not see you know, oh. be- beautiful days, by the way. You, know, you might see people on the pedestrian bridge, but you don't see people anywhere else. Whereas it, it could be, you know, 15 degrees and snowing and you see you know, hundreds of kids, whether it's from Johnson and Wales or, you know, all over the place. And so it really does make a difference. And, you know, again, everybody loves to, to certainly Providence loves to pitch itself as this great tourist place. But let, let's just be honest about it. The summer is is really the dead months. You don't see the biggest oh, yeah. concerts here. You don't see a, a lot of the, the, the big action. So if you could get a scenario where, you know, Brown does it, and then maybe RISD follows suit, and maybe Johnson and Wales decides, you know, we're going to do this. Then suddenly, you, you know, you have a, a kind of a year-round college city uh, that that I think I think it would be better. I think Providence would potentially generate more money from the universities from the, uh, you know for that reason. Folks, coming up, we're going to um, talk. There's a very interesting story about uh, if you're going to go to a wake in Providence, that and a lot more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in stall lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call. 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks, weekdays from 11 to 2. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe is with us. Dan, very interesting story about Ed Fitzpatrick. I love this 
funeral home in uh, Greenville. Talk about going to a wake. Well, get ready for curbside condolence. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, you know, just another one of those, uh, I guess you would call it innovations that we're seeing from the coronavirus. And you hate to laugh at it, obviously. Anytime somebody, you know, passes, that's a, it's tragic and you, know, you feel for any family. But what's been more tragic, and you've covered this a lot, John, uh, is, you know, the number of emails that I get from people who say, you know, my, my grandfather passed away, my husband passed away, and uh, we weren't able to have any sort of mass or anything because of, because of the coronavirus. Uh, any, you know, funerals even still are really limited. And, and so this idea of that there's at least one, and I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, these funeral homes do this, the Anderson Winfield home uh, out there in Greenville says, yeah, we're going to do uh, basically drive yeah, dr- curbside calling hours. And uh, but it just, it seems to make some level of sense. Now it's never going to be the same, right? And, and you, you would have to, uh, you know, you'd have to still make lots of plans and it's a difficult time, but it does offer, you know, grieving families at least one way, um, uh, you know, to, to uh, celebrate and, and, and recognize their, you know, their family members who have died. And, and here's the thing, John, I mean, you know, for all the good news that we're seeing in Rhode Island about the coronavirus, when you look around the country, uh, you know, and you see cases spiking in, in lots of different places, you do wonder, I mean, is it only a matter of time before you start to see more here? And then, you know, while reopening has, again, gone relatively well here, do you potentially have to step back? Do you have to cut back? And, and the first things that they're going to do, uh, uh, that state leaders will do, will be, right, close the nursing homes. They'll you know, limit the number of people at, at you know, big gatherings like funerals or, or masses. And so I, I think uh, I, I, this seems to be potentially something that we're, that we're going to have for a, a little while now. And uh, it seems like a good idea to me. The, um, you're exactly right, Dan. Isn't it amazing? I mean, and I was telling someone, uh, it is daily that I get messages, emails, so forth about the nursing homes. Uh, right now, that's become predominantly nursing homes and then also the situation with how families are grieving with the, the funeral homes, it's and uh, then just the funerals. It's 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 gut wrenching. It's so sad, but and I try to explain to the people. I can ask the question a million different ways. As far as the nursing homes, the governor and Dr. Scott, they're not budging. The nursing homes they feel is really where the virus can spread. And I know it's they don't like the answer, but that is the answer. They they just refuse to cave in. And I and you've been I've asked with the mass in Connecticut are more lax with allowing people to visit the nursing homes than Rhode Island is. Yeah. And what, what do they, they you know what they say? Because I've, you, you, I've probably heard you ask this question six times in these press conferences that they, they kind of smile, grit their teeth and they say, we respect what, what Massachusetts is doing. But, you know, we're going in a different direction. They clearly have a, a deep fear that that. You know, this is a problem. I think it's important for folks to know. I think you would agree, John. I mean, the governor does not like to be on television telling people they can't visit, you know, their sick uh, uh, relatives at nursing homes, right? That's it's not a good look. It it it's, it feels terrible to say she has an older mother, uh, but it is what they they seem to be sticking by. Now they're going to relax a little bit. They're going to have visitation uh, beginning today at some of these nursing homes. So. You know, you, you, you are starting to see movement, but I think, exa- I mean, if you start to see an uptick in cases, and it's not crazy that we will, in fact, it, it seems likely that you'll see at least some level of uptick, uh, you could easily see a scenario where they roll everything back, uh, or at least roll some of the things like nursing home visits back. You know, Dan, not only does she not like the answer, if you've noticed, she actually then, they have the maneuver where she steps aside <laughs> and it's Dr. Scott who's answering the questions on the nursing homes, doing kind of the good cop, bad cop. Not only does she not like it, she doesn't do it. Dr. Scott is the one that's answering all the questions on the nursing homes. The governor doesn't want any footage of her. You're exactly right. On tape, uh, that is not a good look. That'll never be a good look. And, and for depending folks, on where, go ahead. For folks who, uh, you, you don't always get to see this if you're watching yeah. at, at home, but for folks who, uh, who, who, you know, want a little bit of inside baseball on this, being in the room with you, uh, you see the governor step to the side and then just yes. uh, stare at you for a little while, yeah. <laughs> while, while, the, while the question is answered. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and let's Dr. Scott take the lead. Ian McGowan, also, um, I just want to uh, touch on as well, uh, Mayor Alorza wants, uh, you know, we, we've been 
speared some of the, the police situation that's, that goes on in other cities. But from what I understand, this uh, officer that, I guess, uh, hit a suspect in custody, are we hearing that? So Mayor Lorza wants him terminated. That's right. Yeah, that's Sergeant Joseph Hanley, who, by the way, um, you know, I don't know particularly well, although when I was at Channel 12, we did a couple of stories uh, sort of with him. He's, he's pretty a, a, a pretty accomplished police officer. Um, and, and so, you know, did, did a few stories on, on some of the work that he had been doing. I mean, generally, my understanding has a relatively good reputation, but, uh, you know, is caught up in a situation where, it, again, has been he's been charged with a crime here. It's a misdemeanor, but he's been charged with assaulting, uh, you know, a suspect who was in handcuffs. So it, it's a terrible look. Uh, it's interesting right now to see the uh, the mayor, you know, this obviously has to do with everything else that's happening in, in the country. You know, the mayor just yesterday came out and said, yes, we're going to move to terminate, but it takes a long time because of the law enforcement officer's bill of rights. I, I think that's the first time, maybe he's done it one or two other times, but it's the first time that it very directly uh, the mayor has issued a statement calling for someone to be terminated. And by the way, just for, for your interest here, the not only is he calling for the officer to be terminated, nobody asked what he thought. They put out, they, they proactively put out a statement saying oh. uh, yesterday, because to be honest with you, I, when I saw the statement, I called and I said, hey, is there something I don't know here? Is there a, you know, is there a video or, or something that, you know, Channel 12 is airing? And the answer is no, it was the mayor wants it to be known that they're moving towards termination. So you see there there is a little bit there's a level of politics here um but you know at the same time this officer again was was is charged with a crime so it's not just a you know an allegation of abuse that he's been charged and we'll see how it all plays out the thing is let's be very clear though you know as as the as state lawmakers talk about developing or you know reforming that law enforcement officer's bill of rights there's nothing in the law enforcement, in, in the, even the, the proposed uh, bill by uh, Anastasia, State Rep. Anastasia Williams, there's nothing that would stop a, you know, a, a long process of playing out. I mean, they're not saying we want to get rid of the Bill of Rights. They're saying we want to, you know, add more people to the committee that decides on discipline. We want to do a bunch of other things. And so, you know, this is part of kind of that due process uh, 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 situation. And so, well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. But wait, if you were a police officer and the mayor was calling for you to be terminated, you know, imagine if he's all if everything was cleared and he was OK after this. You can't imagine wanting to be part of a police force that the the mayor has called you out by name and said, you know, I want him gone. Dan McCowan, also, it's unusual. Here we are in July. The General Assembly is still in session. I also just want to mention I was up very early this morning, whatever it's late last night or early this morning. Uh, but I got my hands on uh, Speaker Mattiello. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on the website. I saw he this, put yeah. out a constituent survey. What, first of all, he he takes the Trump slogan of promises made, promises <laughs> kept. But he has seven questions on the survey. Five of them have to do with Governor Raimondo. Yeah, well, it's a sign of uh, the times in terms of how, you know, how much he, uh, uh, you know, cares about what people think about the governor. And what I'll be interested in, John, you, you can break it down yourself because you're reporting it. But the the questions, you know, marijuana legalization. What do you think about yep. free college? Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, we know from past experience that the speaker takes, you know, as, as anyone should, he takes his uh, district uh, responses very seriously, right? The whole yes. reason we have car tax, you know, car tax reform is because of the voters of District 15. This is not something that was pushed out of Providence. Um, and, and I think what will be interesting to see is the results he get back. He'll never show them to us. But this summer, as he's campaigning, you know, if he suddenly uh, shows some level of flexibility, let's say on marijuana, you can bet that it's because the, the voters of District 15 are saying, yeah, we, you know, we either don't care or uh, this isn't a big deal to us, uh, you know, maybe support it. Uh, he, he definitely shapes his. Uh, you know, his views on the campaign through what his constituents tell him. Uh, and yeah, it is notable that he gets so many questions related to Governor Raimondo's policies. 
Um, and as far as the things that they have to do, you also uh, map that out in the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan. Yeah. So, they, you know, they, first of all, first and foremost, they have to get a budget done. Uh, we're still same holding pattern we've been in for months now, waiting to find out if Congress is going to, um, you know, de- deliver more stimulus money that, that could potentially be used to plug this $600 million uh, deficit that they that they need to close. Uh, and then, you know, I think none of these guys have an appetite to do very much of anything else um, this this summer. But this week, their hearing committee, you know, I think just yesterday, uh, we now know that the question about plantations will be on the ballot this November. So that's a done deal. Uh, you know, you're, you're seeing a handful of other kind of, I hate to say smaller items because they can be important, nursing home standards, things like that. But what you really, you know, what all these, the, the legislature really wants to do is, they want to get through a bunch of these committee hearings. They want to get, they want to know what their budget's going to look like. And they want to be out of here by August so that they can actually campaign. Uh, and truth be told, you know, they would love right now to be on the beach before they campaign. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you suddenly find yourself August, you know, the first week of August doing this work uh, and you're still on Smith Hill rather than in your district knocking doors or, you know, trying to figure out how to campaign in a coronavirus world, uh, you know, I think it does probably help some of these um, these challengers because they can work while the the legislature has to do, let's say, the real work uh, at the state house. Dan McCown, before I let you go, this uh, business of the lieutenant governor and they're trying to, you know, this petition for small businesses. I, do you do you get any impression that that's having any type of effect on the decision making by Governor Raimondo? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a great issue for the lieutenant governor because let's let's assume that at some point Governor Raimondo probably will, like many states, release a little bit of money, uh, or, you know, some portion of that money to help the small businesses. The lieutenant governor can say, "Hey, look at this wouldn't have happened if not for me," uh, and, and she'll have no way to disprove that. Uh, you know, look, I, I think you've been in these press conferences. The governor's been fairly clear. She wants to be pretty conservative with that money. Uh, doesn't sound great for a lot of people because she, she basically says, I want to see if I can use this money for our budget holes. And yeah, you know, I understand the, the frustration. I know plenty of business owners who could use a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a boost. I think Dan McKee has picked it as an interesting issue. I will say the politics here are are, are interesting because I, I don't think the truth is that the governor uh, or the governor's staff uh, care about anything that, that Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee says. I don't think that they're offended. I think they roll their eyes and they move on. But uh, in the end, it may work out where the Lieutenant Governor can take a bunch of credit for some of this money being released. That's, a, that's an excellent point because this is one of those things that's it's kind of there, but I don't hear a lot of noise about it. Um, it's kind of a passive aggressive approach to trying to you know, be relevant and, and try to get some money. That's a very good point that then any money that comes to kind of claim it. Finally, let me just ask you about voting and uh, how much is this big at the General Assembly regarding exactly what our election is going to look like in November? Well, this is the, the really interesting thing. You know, the, in June for the presidential... And actually the primary, the primary in September. That, well, in September, yeah. right. In June, right, they, they sent out mail ballots to everybody and it was relatively expensive. I think Channel 12 had a story on this couple of million bucks to, to get everything out. And there were a bunch of hiccups, as you know, but, you know, with this sort of lingering virus, especially, I mean, I think especially heading into November because potentially you're getting into flu season and, and you, you could have a really, you know, scary scenario there, but uh, there is, there, there's movement from, you know, various good government groups who are saying, Hey, you gotta give mail ballots to everybody. You gotta send them out to everybody. Uh, the, the legislature, at least the leadership, seems to be uh, very hesitant to support that. In fact, you know, and the, I think the bill was postponed this week, but they were actually considering, you know, uh, kind of forcing people to go through more loopholes, uh, you know, right. have to have an excuse for, for voting early, things like that. Uh, and that, that's been tabled now. But I think there's a real divide. And you've seen this the whole way. I mean, you can't not think that this is you know, if you're an incumbent, if you're Speaker Mattiello, you remember 2016 when he knew the number of mail ballots that he had. These guys, they know how to run the, their, their local campaigns. And when you're trying to fight for reelection, 
any sort of change in the dynamic, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, it, it forces them to change everything they do. So I think a lot of these guys, they say, look, I've won multiple times this way. This is all I care about and keeping it this exact way so I could run the exact same campaign I've run before. You, you cannot underestimate the local politics that goes into, you know, any of these voting rights bills. Uh, and, and so it's going to be something to keep an eye on. But my gut would be you're not going to see very much of a change. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, uh, folks, I start each day with an email from Dan McGowan. You can get one as well. And it gives you a full preview of everything that's on tap for the day, including some of the links to some of the top stories. But the question, Dan McGowan, is how can someone listening receive that email? The easiest thing in the world. If you're listening right now, send a blank email. You don't have to write anything. Just send it to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. Uh, dozens of you do this every single week and, and you get added right away. Five days a week, every weekday, we're going to send out. You're going to get new reporting from me. You're going to get the best stories that we have in the globe so you can kind of read them all in one place. And then you get the rundown, the governor's press conferences today. Here's what, you know, here's the big hearing on Smith Hill, things like that. Super easy, rinews at globe.com. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job. Stay safe. We'll talk to you again. All right. See you out there, John. Thanks. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call today. Free consultation. It's Scott and Alex, 401-353-9300. Folks, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. But you can call. Free consultation, 401 401- 353-9300. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. It's very simple. They're going to help you and your family save money. And maybe it's on your home insurance or life insurance, business insurance, auto insurance, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Look for them on Facebook. They also have a great website. It's aemazika.com. Call them at 401-353-9300. What about if you save $200 a month? It's like giving yourself a raise. How about that? An extra $2,500 a year, maybe even more. And also, this time of year, make sure you're covered. Maybe it's for your motorcycle or your boat or jet skis or an RV, an off-road vehicle. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call them today, 353-9300-401-353-9300. Let them help you save money. It all starts with one phone call. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. Why not? Let them help you save money. Give yourself a raise. 401-353-9300. Look for them on Facebook and their website is aemazika.com. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVast is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's my health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. And it's my health. 
At 1099 Menon Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking, and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380. Remember now. Providence and North of Providence. I want you to try the 99.9 FM. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Visit it to petro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on radio show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300 MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company, maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Johnson Propane. Folks, stop in and see Phil Johnson. You can call him at 621-8129, located 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Now, right in front of Stop and Shop next to Wendy's, they're open seven days a week for all your propane needs. It's Johnson Propane. Propane tanks filled, plus they have tanks and supplies. Here's the thing with Johnson Propane. 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. They'll refill your Blue Rhino tank. Now, most of the time, if you bring it somewhere, they swap it out and they charge you 22 bucks. Not with Johnson Propane. Phil will refill that Blue Rhino tank for just $15. They're open seven days a week, right next door to Wendy's. Credit cards accepted, nine to seven each day. Stop it and see Phil, and he never runs out. He's always backed up. Since 1971, you can depend. Johnson Propane, bring in your propane tanks. Call him 621-8129. Better yet, stop it and see him, 904 Manton Avenue of Providence, right in front of the Stop and Shop. The guy is a legend, and right next door to Wendy's, it's Johnson Propane. 